Welcome to the Area 61 Podcast, where we explore the unknown. Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome to the Area 61 Podcast. I am one of many hosts, Brenton Birdall, and I am joined by my crew of unusual gentlemen. Go ahead and introduce yourself to us. First we have Thor. Thor! And Dr. B. Welcome back, Thor and Dr. B, to your own podcast. Why would I welcome you back to your own podcast? That's weird. Um, this is going to be our Halloween special, because it is exactly seven days prior to Halloween, correct? Halloween next weekend. We got the peanut gallery, we got grandma, and we got mama over there. We got the newest member of the family. We have Brielle. You can catch her Monday through Friday, sleeping, eating, messing diapers, and crying. So we've added to the family. What a change, huh? Huge. Life goes on, man. The change in perspective is pretty crazy. It's, it's a good, good change. It's a good change. <clears throat> Speaking of perspective, today I was out at Artist Point, and I was looking to what I believe to be the east. And you, it would look like there is a floating spaceship off the water. We texted you guys and said, hey, we found a UFO. And supposedly, I guess, there's, a, there's an explanation for the floating UFO off of Artist Point. So if you were in at Sydney's looking out from the roof, it would look like there's some sort of floating object, which is actually what? Five mile rock. Okay. And just the way the curvature of the earth, to all my flat earthers out there, the curvature of the earth gives it an optical illusion to where the top point is only visible, so it looks like a, a UFO. And this is correct. The kids were Snapchatting it today. There was a younger crowd and they were just taken in awe by it and i knew because you just explained what it was but i wanted to tell them but i also didn't just let them believe it's a ufo let them that's it sometimes the explanations are just not needed they're definitely not speaking of which dr b has some ufo news for us is it news or is it just kind of what you've compiled uh just kind of a general discussion on sightings on the north shore and in the lake superior area Bring us up to speed. So, in, in kind of researching this and just Googling, and anybody can do this, uh, interestingly enough, um, there are several sites, but the one that I went to was called New Force, is the acronym, N-U-F-O-R-C, which would be the National UFO Reporting Center. And this is a website. If you haven't been on this thing, it's pretty interesting. A lot of painstaking effort by somebody uh, to log in UFO sightings that have occurred throughout the country. And there is a database on this. um, And that database is compiled from uh, online forms that you could get if you were in your area and you suspected that you had seen a UFO, you could download this form and and send it in. 
Or there's even a hotline number on this that you could relay your information to uh, the powers that be and they would record your, uh, your sighting. The database, uh, as I say, is pretty sophisticated. It has uh, and the event date, the state in which you live in, you would put that down, the shape of the UFO and any outstanding characteristics. It also has a, uh, uh, it, the, these are the methods that you can search. If anyone's interested in calling that hotline, it's 206-722-3000. So once again, if you see a UFO, if it's just, it's too weird, it's unexplained, it's not six mile rock, or even if it is. Five mile Five rock. mile rock, excuse me. If it's six mile rock, it's Then you it. should probably call 206-722-3000. And uh, give those guys, those people doing that painstaking work, answering those phone calls. How we should try to get you in there answering the calls. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be. A, I mean, I feel like if who's a better person for it? Doctor awesome. B is. Yeah, the one. he's not gonna like. He's gonna take every call that comes in, and he's gonna take it seriously. Correct. He's not like your guy calling in that doesn't really care for his job. He just ended up in a weird position. But he, you know, I think you would, you'd be a good curator of that hotline. We could even start another hotline, like a North Shore hotline, where they call us a little bit more local. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a neighborhood UFO watch. Well, you know, I, I I've, I've got to say this. So, in looking at this, if you look in the data bank, and of course, uh, I punched up Minnesota, and for the state of Minnesota, currently, if I'm reading the data bank correctly, as of October 19th of this year. Uh, there have been uh, 1,953 reported sightings associated with uh, the state of Minnesota. Uh, looking down through uh, those 1,900-plus sighting reports. 1,900 just in Minnesota. In Minnesota alone. Wow. And, of course, every state. Uh, this is people calling the hotline. Or, or, or sending or like, in or, right, or whatever. Or the police reporting Internet. something or someone reporting sure. something to police. Uh, I, I, do you call the cops if you see a UFO? I, I don't know. I don't uh, either. But some, I, some do. But this, this data but, bank is established from people that have actively pursued the site, that know about the site, and are submitting directly to the site. So They're part of the network. Conceivably, it's only a, a fractional portion of what may be out there or the people that see something and they're like, well... What do, what do I, yeah, I'm not going to call the cops because they think I'm crazy or right. I'm not going to do this. But, so you uh, go to where you can safely report, sure. which is newforce, N-U-F-O-R-C dot org. Yeah. N-U-F-O-R-C probably is the. Uh, yeah. N-U-O or N-U-F-O-R-C dot org. Yeah. I'm on it. I found it very quickly. So, uh, you know, as I say, in, in going down through this list, 1,900 plus in there, and... Uh, so then can you break it down by region within... Well, it'll give the location. Uh, and, of course, I'm looking under Duluth, and I'm looking for anything on the North Shore. And interestingly enough, there really wasn't anything on the North Shore past Duluth. In other words, I didn't see any Grand Marais, Lutzen, Tofty or any of those uh, individuals uh, in those areas re making reports on this thing. So it seemed pretty much confined to uh, reports out of the Duluth area. And again, uh, you know, the, when, you, when you pull this stuff up, um, you know, the, the reports are, are kind of brief. Uh, date, time, location, shape of the, uh, the UFO, 
and the duration of the sighting. And then there is a summary uh, section that gives a brief little uh, sentence uh, or two about something unique that the individual chose to include in the in the posting. Um, so uh, an example of this was uh, something that was seen in Duluth uh, fairly recently, and I, I've misplaced the data. I think this was in June of this year. Uh, the shape was a fireball. It was seen for 30 minutes, and uh, they described seven glowing globes floating uh, to Lake Superior from the hill. Um, so from on like the western side in Duluth. Of, in, in Duluth. So from the from the hill to the water. Right, and this is just an example of a typical entry that you might see on this. Thing. Do you see more than one entry during a certain time? Like, I. Uh, I didn't, From what you've seen, like, was there more than you ever expected? Was it kind of? I, I was actually kind of shocked on this because, as I say, you would have to know this site. You would have to be in tune to, you know, wanting to report this. Uh, I know I, uh, Thor and I have talked with locals that have lived here all their lives, and you, you get people that are rather hesitant. To, yeah, I've seen lights over the lake, and it's kind of a nonchalant comment. Yeah. Uh, rather than I'm going to report this. Thing. Yeah, they all talk about it, and it happened, but they don't say anything about it. So the large number that we're even seeing reported, I mean, there's got to be even more than that. This is just the people that are That's like, what I'm, thinking. I'm willing to deal with the real, I'm going to call it in and start reporting. Like, they've taken the responsibility upon themselves to start documenting it. Because it does take a little bit to be like, I'm going to go look up a number, and I'm going to call this in. Because right. then it almost makes it more real which makes it scarier. Like you almost have to deal with it. It's easy to be like, oh, that's those Lake Superior crazy lights. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, it, see you guys later. You know, and I and I did that. I kind of looked at the data on this that was in that and it's like, is are there repeat offenders here? Being cynical, you know, it's, are we getting the same reports of images and is it just a repeat Right. You know, somebody's somebody's banging the system here. Sure. And I didn't see that. Sure. And I don't know whether, you know, this uh, this uh, new so, force is, is right. screening that kind of crap out yeah. or or it's How do they really screen legit. out the crazy, you know? Yeah. Was there yeah. four reports of seven fireballs coming from? So Duluth is what? I believe it's 20-some 20, 20 miles long by only a couple miles wide. So anyone that's been to Duluth knows that whatever's coming up over the iron range right i mean you come up over the hill it's it's like what a mile so i mean you had to be pretty close to that sighting to see them come over the duluth hill like up where the ski resort is right yep. kind of up north up on the hill and then have it come down to the water right when then what happened did they go down in the water because now you're seeing a lot of reports where they're tied to them going in water I've seen of, a few videos too where I don't know of, they could be a lot of the old reports the old the old people around the area will say the, they went into the water. Yeah. That's that's the common Cons- common yeah, ground on Lake Superior for and sure. And a lot of this was back in the 1950s. I mean this was kind of before the UFO even the thought of a UFO. There was no there. website you could go find no, and call was, a number. This, you know? The space age hadn't begun. We, right. Sputnik didn't But you got your blue book thing, which, yeah. which was... Which was like a government program, but you're right. every normal guy living on Lake Superior on a boat, the shit they're seeing. No. Yeah. They, you know, it was, they had to have a couple hams to get it out over a bonfire, maybe, you know? 
they they weren't telling anybody, like running through the streets screaming UFO. Most of them didn't tell anybody, right? Because they're only it, they're only talking about it forty years later, or right. fifty years later. Because back then, to speak up about it would be to make it real, which would number one make you sound crazy, absolutely, and number two actually just make it real. Like yeah. we can brush a noise in the distance off, you know, or someone yelling your name, which I thought was you today. Someone yelled my name out of the forest. That's and I normal. walked towards it. Talk, for, talk to the natives about that. That's that's a very common thing amongst the natives. Is really? To, to hear your name called, they always tell you to answer back. I did answer back. I thought it was him. Then you've done right. Yeah. But I walked out to the edge of the brush because I thought you were out there. And I know you like to peruse around your land every now and then, so I didn't know if you were out on like a walkabout or a... And then I heard it, and then even to one better, I went in the house, came back out, and yelled for you before we left. And she's like, who are you talking to? And I was like, I was yelling for, I, I'm pretty sure Dr. B just yelled my name. And, huh, I told you that. Honey, I told you that I thought that he had yelled my name from a quarter mile away. And then I walked out to the edge of the crazy stuff. You, you, are, you are in a different place here. Well, hey. I will tell you this. I went out with uh, traipsing the land uh, perimeter of my my new property. Yes. And in the first episode, I yeah, you talk a little bit about the trans, yeah, you know, positioning or whatever. Sure. Or, and I I will tell you, <laughs> seriously, after walking that, and I swear we followed the same path that I went, and you were fine. I still absolutely cannot believe where i ended up the first time i i i am astounded absolutely astounded perplexed and even more convinced that something was going on so which is the same area i was yelling towards yes so it's crazy when you have something weird happen what's that so i pretty much was just trying not to be rude i wasn't like oh i'm just because I didn't, the, what I thought in my head was like, if he's standing looking at me, and I'm like the idiot that kind of doesn't even barely look around to like see where it came from, I was just trying not to be rude. I thought you might be saying hi, but no. So now it's super creepy. But I was thinking about it in the truck because we, um, my wife and I, I mentioned it to her because she thought it was weird. Who she's like, who are you talking to? And we got in the car and we kind of talked about it down the road. And I just thought it was odd. And then I went by your house and everything was closed up and no one was around. And I was, no idea. But it's crazy when things happen. It's like I was just coming in the car to, or the house from the car to grab what I forgot. Like it, I didn't think at the time, like, oh, that was really creepy. But then after a while, you know, and that's kind of how these things happen. Like you're kind of living your life. You get in the zone, right? And right. then you don't really think about that it's creepy until you think slow down and think about it. Yeah. And then it's really creepy because it's like, I didn't even pay attention to anything. I just got in my truck and drove down the street or down the road. But so I wonder how many UFO sightings I wonder, and I'm getting, you know, and there's a reason I want, I'd like to know this. Like it's gotta be a pretty real sighting for you to go find a number and call. I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, when we, we go back, we talk about the Edmund Fitzgerald and this, this incident in Minnesota took place about the same time of the Edmund Fitzgerald sinking. And this was a UFO sighting in Minnesota, uh, actually with a law enforcement agency, where the, uh, law, the law enforcement vehicle, and I believe it was probably a 74 or 1975 Ford LTD, 
and the, it was a sheriff's vehicle in central Minnesota. And I, I, to this point, I cannot remember the actual city, but it was central Minnesota. And this vehicle was a, you know, a law enforcement agency, and they had a bright light approaching their vehicle, and it was so bright that the, the law enforcement officer called it in on uh, to dispatch. He says, I have a very, I think he thought there was an airplane that was going to crash on him. And this incident, this bright light converged on him and at a very high rate, and it actually caused radiational burns on the law enforcement officer in his vehicle. And the, vehicle, the, the lights and everything actually hit the law enforcement vehicle. And this is, uh, this is actually, there was an article in the Fargo Forum in 2007 on this incident. Uh, and they had pictures of the vehicle. It was a, I think it was, like I said, a, probably a 74 to 76 Ford LTD. And it was brown. But the vehicle was hit. The antennas on the vehicle were actually, you know how a law enforcement vehicle is. The antennas stick up. The antennas were bent flat. And the lights were skimmed. And there was actually like burns on the vehicle, and the the officer called the incident in, and it was uh, it was never explained. Hmm. But this was probably the most I would say the most pronounced uh, documented UFO right. incident. At in least the got state. the media coverage, or it was it, like kind of like when they brought it to when it actually happened to a law enforcement officer on patrol, right? And his vehicle they actually had no had, choice. It actually had signs and damage that was all documented within the agency and within a small news area right correct i mean it was central minnesota in 1975 roughly i mean it was pretty rural did you hear about the thing in tappan north dakota which we're getting to fargo with the pig right and the kid yeah so you know that story right yes i do where the kid was home alone and the folks were out yep every evening and he seen something in the barn at their at their farmstead he went out with a 22 Claims he's seen an extraterrestrial being holding the pig. Yep, he shoots he shot the it. he shoots the he shoots the alien, which and it's shot and it squealed. It's yep, and the noise that came out of it was like deafening. He passed out from the noise or something along those mm-hmm. lines, and the he woke up and the, everything was gone. Yep, and and, and the Tappan is not a big town, and of course the pig was missing. Yeah, the pig was gone, but the kid shot him. He said he remembers him. Almost putting out like a blood curdling scream. Correct. And then passed it pretty much inebriated or he knocked him out. Yeah. And then when he woke up the everything was gone. Yeah. And that's another one that the small town kind of yep. news agency from like Bismarck or the local, you know They did whoop. pick up on it. And right. And then they ran it for a couple nights and, and followed up on it. And, and unfortunately everybody, you know, kind of looked upon the kid as like he was crazy. Well it's because it scares the shit out of people. Yeah, because this was You gotta make if to talk true. about it and give it any bit of weight, then it, you actually have to deal with Right. So that but, one always gave me willies, man. But I always, I always really had to give you know the credibility of a law enforcement agency to have the actual car, and I've you could go back and I'm sure if you googled it, you could probably go back to 2007 Fargo Forum, and they had pictures from the that. library or something. Yeah, probably uh, that article that they did. Yeah, of, of this vehicle, and I remember when it, I do remember when it happened, and it being reported. But I do remember the follow up story on the on it done in 2007. And they had pictures of the the Ford LTD. You know, if you if you go on the internet and you Google, um, you know, UFOs, 
it's it's amazing how many organizations and how many groups have tried to accumulate and amass uh, information uh, collectively. I, I remember one site uh, where it was it was broken down by by group identifying and seeing uh, UFOs such as police officers, military, uh, civilian. Well, we have we have an incident that occurred within this year with our own military, and it was filmed. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably one of the most profound uh, military where it was released to the public. Well, they did Dateline. Yeah. They came out and said, like, the, are you talking about the Tic Tac incident? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, and then they've had a couple other things. Supposedly there's some technology that they could never lock on to it, right? We talked about this a little bit last last episode, but now that they're able to lock on to these faster objects, they're it's, like, inconclusive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Back to the Bob Lazar thing. Area 61. There was the whole, we're going to storm Area 61 thing. Thank God that didn't happen. I think it was Area 51. Area. No, now they're going to storm Area 61. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. True. Yeah, that's true. So the so back to what the biggest thing that's happened over the summer is the fireball. This is the fireball sighting that we're talking about that happened over Duluth. Um, I, I've, I've got to check. Uh, there was also... That's uh, the most notable sighting that we have close. Uh, you know, there... there one of the radio stations um, in Duluth has a uh, local radio personality that him and his wife, who live in Superior, uh, had sighted a uh, V-shaped object that was static in the sky with no noise and nothing and appeared for about 30 seconds. And I believe, if, 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 if I'm correct, it was either this summer or in 19. It's either 19 or 21. And that seems to be about the most, uh, I, I, I think maybe for from his position being associated with um, the media, it got some attention or got some, you know, really press with it. But for the most part, it's, it's just an occasional sighting. You know, the North Shore, the only thing that really uh, sings out is the Kinross thing back in 53 with, with, the, uh, with the Jets. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that's, that's the claim to fame, I think, of certainly like Superior and UFO appearances. And, oh, and just kind of with, you know, there's a few people saying that um, Graham Hancock came out and was talking about the um, copper mines, right? Yeah, correct. In the Isle Royale, uh, or Isle Royale. Isle Royale yeah. yeah. So there's guys that are coming out and saying it's preposterous that the Native Americans mine small amounts for their tools. But I mean, there's like pictures documented in the Smithsonian that they've got chunks of mined, you know, copper that it would take 50 men to, you know, or I don't even think you could, right? No. no. So we've just doing research since episode two, which if you guys are listening and you're interested in things, what we do is we try to look a little bit farther into them. So looking a little bit farther into them, there's two sides. There's some naysayers that say the copper, the copper mining and the things that they found in the, in the un, there's a few objects that they can't explain. Right. Um, and some of them are, they're saying that the large amounts that would, kind of hint at they were aliens mining them right right with the they've seen skulls they might have been well just just the years in which they were doing this four thousand years ago or yeah. something they were mining but the yeah. amounts would be the that 20, kind of that would be 500 bc right so the native americans if they have small amounts of c- copper right but that's really not what the big kind of 
conspiracy. It's not even. I hate to say conspiracy. Like the uh, what would it what would it be? What's the what's the word for like you know that area kind of has a um, you know tall tale or a yeah folklore. Yeah, well, you it's have like an, alien an, copper mine folklore, it, right? Yeah. You've got a questionable, unexplainable event that occurs. So you so you know you can pursue the answer logically, or you can type of folklore or uh, try to well explain it away in a in a. I would call it folklore, but they talk about you know that the Native Americans here were mining copper and transporting it to the Egyptians, and I think that that's maybe been. Uh, rebunked in the past because over in in that region there's plenty of copper they would really find no reason for the natives and for obviously the egyptians to be coming over here to get copper when there's plenty of it available in in that region i off topic but i found i read something um last week that said that the vikings were here Long right. before Christopher Columbus, they found oh, that out. They can yeah. prove yeah. it now. Yeah. They, they figured the Vikings were here around the Up area. Up there in Newfoundland. Eight, eight, 800. Supposedly, like, here and homesteaded. Oh, yeah. Supposedly. Inland. I mean, they yeah. they have, uh, there's ruin, the ruined stones and different things like that. They go back to, you know, probably five 500 years before Columbus. The, so you'd have to think that Native Americans and Vikings had to have a um, um, you know, they they probably had uh, interaction. Yeah, it's crazy that you don't read anything about that, or that there aren't any things to document it. There but. might not be a lot of survivors. They were both right. they were both very protective of their culture and not out writing books, selling them at Amazon. No, they were not. They were yeah. They were out exploring, and the natives were here, and they were protecting their. The Vikings didn't have podcasts. No, they didn't. No, so they, we could have listened to them and learned a lot, probably. Yeah, there you go. They were they were quite an advanced culture for for uh, sailors. So Halloween's right around the corner. Um, someone was telling me a story about Trollwood in Fargo. How there was a cemetery that they didn't. It was an unmarked cemetery, and then the erosion from the river was like earthing bodies or earthing old graves. That's creepy. And then so then I see that they have a kids haunted playground out there, like. 100 yards away and i'm like yeah that's kind of too real you know well it's you know and at the time you know and the rivers here's the deal is that the red river in fargo has changed course in the 1800s at what what is now uh minnesota used to be north dakota the river changed its course and and found a new route and and obviously that areas that were were dry at one point are now uh, riverbed so and that's and that's where that stuff would occur, and that's in that is in that region. So who's losing the real estate, Minnesota or North Dakota? Uh, Minnesota gained real estate, and North, North Dakota, Dakota lost, lost it. Yeah, lost real estate. Oof. Lost that tax base. Real rich tillable soil. Yep. Twenty thousand dollars an acre. Bottom land. Yeah. Yep. So the UFO activity has been on a bit of a lull. I don't. I you know what? I I don't think it has. I I think it's. Um, I think it's a situation that you know we already touched on, which is the reportability of it and people's willingness to report things. I think it's a good thing that uh, you know the Project Blue Book and all this stuff is coming out and becoming declassified. I think it's opening people's minds and. Uh, uh, 
interest in terms of talking about it and reporting it. So I think it'll be on the upswing. Um, you know, in, in all the discussions that we've had here tonight on just, just the unusual things that occur throughout history, there's always seems to be two or three sides to the story. And the, the, the third side is always the unusual or the unexplainable uh, approach to it, be it UFO, be it magic, be it, uh, you know, some uh, metaphysical whatever. Um, and it's interesting the amount of information and the amount of people out there that have really pursued it with that, that angle. Uh, if you look, I mean, it, it'd be uh, a full-time job. It is. It's interesting as you when you talk about that because you know we we've talked about the Native American culture, and I think, I think in reality, I think the Native American culture was a little bit more in touch with uh, the surroundings than we are. Yeah, even if it, it wasn't necessarily spiritual, it probably uh, could have been mistaken I, as when I when I tell you that when you heard your name called, that was that was something that was told to me by an Apache. Uh, medicine man uh, he i had him as a professor really actually and he would he was very into the 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 interesting things that occurred this is getting spooky i got so, goosebumps and yeah, yeah. he's got uh, cold in here he like, would I feel have, like a cold a cold breeze I, just I, went I, over I will my tell neck. You, there, there's something going on in this house right here this lot that whatever 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 it is, it's 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 emanating from this law. Well, we there's some strange stuff going we, on here. At we we are Thor's, kind of we're Thor's believing that because shed here thing things things just happen here, and you know things happen here that we that just there's no explanation for it, and you know from a from gates being open to bolts being out of your garage door when you get home, and 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 all and what. I can't explain something hitting the side of my house that sounded like a jet. Grouse. And really? Oh yeah, this this happened uh, probably in 2016. We were in the house here, and it there was a roar, and it sounded like a a small jet craft, and it hit the side of the house, and it hit with a thud, and we went out to look, and there's nothing to be found. So, and it's unexplainable. I couldn't tell you what hit the house. And it, I don't believe that there's any drones that are jet. Not jet powered, no. No, and this was definitely not propeller. I, I would right. know the sound of propeller. Yeah, but this you've heard a drone. This was a, a definite sonic, subsonic sound. It was a roar, and and it thud the side of the house and i went out expected something to find could it have been like there. a like a concussion bouncing off the house i, I doubt it because like something it, going subsonic up into like you know the universe or yeah it could have been but that's that's beyond my that's beyond my pay grade that's what i would think you know because sometimes yeah. when you hear jets and stuff bounce off your house because we have the blue angels come over our house this was something it's like a subsonic like it's like a weird yeah, this, weird noise. This had just emanated and it got louder and louder and louder until it hit the house. The time of day was, was it? And I, you know, I can't say for sure what time of day it was because it was, you know, five or six years ago. But mm. I just, I just remember the incident, and it was, it'll never be explained to me. Well, both nights, last night and tonight, I brought, I like case my pistol because it's Minnesota, but I've been putting it like in my pocket because. Last night, he's like, if you got anything in your truck that you don't want the bears into, you should probably just get it out of there. So I went and did that. 
Well, I heard something out here. Out back. Like, it's not the... There's a crick or a, bra- a babbling brook that you can hear that runs back behind the property. But, like, something was moving and stopping and moving and stopping and moving. And I've been bow hunting. I don't know if I told you that, but I've been sitting out in in uh, on some public land, kind of out by where we live, before dark in the morning. And all my friends are afraid to hunt in the morning. I'd be more afraid to come out of my blind at, in the dark at night. But they're all, like, really, really irked by going in in the morning. So then I started thinking about it. I'm like, what's scarier? Is it scarier to go out in the dark early, early in the morning? Or is it scary to go in the dark right after dusk? What do you think? The animals are more active at dusk. At dusk? Yeah. Yeah. They become more active. And you're more likely to have an encounter with the animals at dusk. Because that's when they start going active is when it starts getting dark. We've gotten deer on our game cam at like three, four in the morning. Though. Oh they, yeah. Well, if you're in they're, a ki- if they're you're in constantly area, moving. Right. I'm not going to say that. But you're just right. because it's dusk. But we we went and walked, uh, hiked at one of the trails up here about three weeks ago, and we were coming back, and it was getting dusk. And we have hiked these trails over and over and over up here. And on the way back, oh, we'd stop in our tracks, and it was like, what in the world? That would look like a bear cub. And we just stopped and let it go and then all i said and i at the point i whistled and that didn't do anything and then i started clapping and then all of a sudden it started moving well it was a porcupine and that oh. that was the biggest porcupine i've ever <laughs> in possibly witnessed because that thing when it was running that brush looked like it was three feet wide yeah that was a big porky don't take much no, he was skunks big, too. Skunks big, can make a lot of noise. It was big enough that we thought it was a a bear a, cub, a small bear. Jeez Louise! I, it, yeah, it was big. I gotta say, one of the most disturbing images that bother me the most or haunt me in the back of my mind is like riding a snowmobile at night, and your headlights are very limited, and you're going through the woods. Oh, I've done it. Would yeah. be to see a person standing there. Oh, yeah. Especially a child standing there. You see these images of this kind of, you know, very gaunt looking child in the middle of the woods. and Just ominously standing yeah, there? Yeah, just oh, standing there. That would just, I, I, I have that as a recurring. That's mine too. Like fear or just. just pouring rain outside, okay? Their yeah. front yard is like a perfect scary ass place to think about this. Pouring rain outside. You can only see things when the lightning strikes, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this ominous guy kind of standing there. With a hook. With Not even a hook, just a just a pale face. Just kind of standing in. And you only see him, you see him real quick, too close to the damn window, right when the lightning strikes. And there's a, there's a face in the, in the window during a lightning strike. Yeah, I don't think... Ooh. I, 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 I got to go back to the child. With the snowmobile? You yeah. guys seen that? No, I'm oh, just, I'm just saying. It's like, if like, it was this, what's the scariest well, thing you could imagine? Because we've been out and when it, there's no moon, it's just we've pitch. Been out with the wolves. absolutely pitch black. You, you can't see the you can't hand see in your, front of your face. You cannot. And you're riding those sleds through the woods, and the lights, you know, are going with the front of the sled. We've it, done that. I, Remember we had the wolf tracks? In we, the back of my mind, that's all I can see is like this kid standing out there in like this, you know, not afraid of you either. Dra- Not afraid yeah, of just you. Just wide eye, just staring at you. Oh, I, I don't know. I, it's, yeah, it's that's just creepy, man. Recurrent, you gave me the willies. Freaky, freaky. Give me some more of that. Tonight we're drinking. 
The yeah. Vickery Distillery. I didn't mean Honor to get brand. off track. No, you've scared the shit out of me. That's why I'm deflecting to the liquor. That is very scary. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. You know what the first thing I'm going to think about on the night ride this year is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. That that child that's been missing since 1939. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's exactly it. That's like the kid. kid out there. And he's still standing there. Standing there looking at you. You, you know, know when we talk freaky. about, I, I, you know, I know Brent wants to talk about Vickery, but I had a friend that was a pilot uh, during World War II, and he flew the, flew the hump. That was over uh, India, Burma. Uh, that area and they had a plane go missing and they they never identified that that plane went down but a month after that plane went down they got a transmission from this plane and this man is now dead and he he was as honorable a man as you'd ever meet and his word was as good as anybody's He's a straight shooter. He's not out here bullshitting people. No, he was he was an absolute straight shooter. But they had a transmission from this plane that had been missing, and the transmission said, "This is flight so and so, their their flight number." And he said, "Do you think we could be up here forever?" And they never found that plane, and they never found anything, but they had an additional transmission from that plane, one more time, saying the same thing. And do you this, think we could be up here forever? Do you think we could stay up here forever? Oh, my And this gosh. was a month after that plane went missing. <sighs> and they were flying the hump during World War II between India and Burma over the, the base, I'd say, the Himalaya Mountains. And this transmission came across. So, you know, there are things, when we talk about things can't be explained, whether it's in uh, on the North Shore or wherever it is. Seems like Minnesota, things, northern Minnesota's got a, it's like a hot spot. Yeah. Well, we have, you know, we're a rural area, and if you're a if you're an alien, and you want to f- get a little cover, you want to go to a place that doesn't. Well, have you know, it, it's so it's unpopulated. It's basically, unpopulated. yeah, it, and it's remote. They could, remote. They could yeah. be so remote. Yeah. They could be going in and out, and nobody would nine times out of ten would never notice. Right. It's just a random act that somebody would actually see it. And the people that do see it, kind of just like, yeah. oh yeah, that's those crazy. Lake Superior Lights again. Yeah. They didn't call the hotline. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know. So uh, The people always said, if there was UFOs with cell phones the way they've been for the last 10 years, they'd start catching them, you know? Well, now they're starting to catch them. Yeah. Well, the I mean, if you if you got out here and, and, and we had an organized effort in trying to get people to report anything, Anything that's strange. Do you think that? Do you think that somebody knows? Do you think there's someone that 100% absolutely knows? If there's a program. There's been contact. Do you do you think that? I I think that I think that there are people within. Do you think our- the United States government or the Russians have been <laughs> have made communications with an, with an, with another planet or another a race and they're just hiding it? Not even race, a human, a different planet, a different, an alien being. Well, I know, I know bacteria, but I'm saying like an intelligent. Well, I got to tell you, you know, when you, what's, what's the biggest thing that any human can possibly imagine? It's space with hundreds, literally hundreds of millions of galaxies out there like our own. To even try to put it in your brain and fathom it is tough. Our galaxy alone 
at traveling at the speed of light would take 70,000 years to cross. At the speed of light. That's crazy. And think of 100 million more galaxies that we know of today. And, and to think about that, from that perspective, what are the odds that there's more life out there? Yeah, but I mean, do we ever accidentally cross over with like some alien well, Wi-Fi network? You and, know, like, we get an alien show on you, our TV. You know, you, you're you're talking about the dimensions that we know too. If you if you shift that into, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a different dimension of time, which is not even discussed, uh, you, you know, you 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 increase the possibilities of it, you know, a million times. The so, realms, the other realms, the unknown and unseen realms, which could be infinite. So going, you know, going back to your basic question, you know, do, do do people in this this world have they made contact? Have they talked with people? That's I what think, I'm saying. That's I, what I, I think I they know. have, but I don't think it's at the government level. I think it's at a very select group of individuals. Um, Who didn't have a choice in the beginning? They just. I'm not sure whether they had a choice or they were handpicked. Or do you think there's like an alien club? Uh, I wouldn't call it a club, but that may be a misnomer. But uh, in 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 thought, it's probably true. I think it's true. And and you think of the technology that would be required for somebody to travel, the distance that would be required, and to to withstand at speed, the technology they would have to have would just be so far beyond our comprehension. In our level of understanding, that they could bypass any of our understanding. Yeah. Well, electricity so was that for us until it wasn't. Exactly. That's what you have to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched a video on uh, going to Mars, and physiologically, it's pretty much impossible for at the present time for a human to go to Mars and survive the trip and come back in any kind of shape. Right. Uh, just because of deterioration of muscle yeah. and, and all kinds no, of things, no with gravity, gravity and, no gravity for and the physiology. So there's people. There's Elon Musk. Is, there's a whole. There's a whole like culture, subculture of people that like they're saying that Elon Musk may be an alien. I believe so. I, he I, might I, be. I, I think he, Elon Musk. I, I'm not sure he knows it. Yeah, but I, I, I think there's, you know, when you talk about that's a whole other. That's a whole other angle. What if you're that, an alien? You don't even oh, fucking I mean, know. And that you dude know. has got. You know, he is, he is go, a, he's on a different level. We go back and you look at ancient paintings and uh, cave paintings and explain explain what they're, what they're painting about things in the sky. Oh, ancient aliens? Yeah, watch it's one what, or two episodes of ancient aliens. Well, I mean. it isn't even ancient aliens. I mean, you can, you can take that show, you know, for what, what it is, but there are actual, in, in many places throughout the world, that this... Mexico, things, right? Things repeat themselves. Pretty much anywhere a pyramid is, yeah, right? Yeah. Or anywhere there's like a weird stone I think there where is, shit's too heavy that guys couldn't lift it. Yeah, you, you, you have know, to go Stonehenge. back to, to, to that those cultures. And I, I, I really, you know, you wonder if there was some form of uh, alien interaction. Intervention? Intervention. Yeah. yeah. And, and just plain genetically how, how those cultures evolved so fast. I mean, you just take one form of technology you gain one form of technology so just how it say, changes or you lose one you and then it's unexplainable yeah and you gain one form of technology and how it changes the world right just one thing added to it antibiotics electricity yeah um what's uh, well, another you the know bronze age i mean just right. learning to do metallurgy dude 
ancient astronaut theorists say yes. They definitely do. They do. Well, Well, let's get on to the McCree. Let's just take a moment, because this show is just as much about aliens and weird things as it is about scotch and other fine liquors. Tonight we are drinking the Vickery Distillery. It is the honor brand, Hay and Sunshine. We figured we'd kick off the harvest season, or kick out the harvest season, with some honor brand Hay and Sunshine. Made with Lake Superior water. So we're drinking the juice that touched the Edmund Fitzgerald. The Edmund Fitzgerald could have pumped this exact water that made this liquor through its cooling systems or through its propeller. So we are drinking a piece of Lake Superior tonight. It's delicious. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is a fine, fine, fine bottle. bottle. Yes, it is. We've, you're talking to three guys who have, a have seen bottle. a few. This is delicious. And let me uh, just extend an honor to the 29 men and the crew of the Edmund Fitzgerald at this time. Here, here. Here, here. Shall we toast to that? We shall. 29 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... A dreadful night in, in Lake Superior's history. And what was the date? I believe November 10th, 1975. Quite a, quite a story. Yeah. A haunted ship in Duluth. wonder yeah. what that's like. wonder if that's some sort of kind of like, do they dress people up and put them, in, put them behind like a, a, a door, like a, you know, like a cellar door or something? Or what is it? Do they just, is it really haunted or do they make it haunted? Do you guys know uh, anything about it? I'm no. not sure no, what ship time. that is. I don't know. It's the it. one that's down in, in Duluth. It's kind of the main the William, one. The William Irvin. Yes. They they must haunt it. Yeah, they haunt it. Well, you know, and there's a lot of the crew that's it's gone from that. And that could very well be, they could still be. Could ex- be haunted. Oh, it could be could haunted. Be, it could be superficially haunted, but then genuinely haunted. Could be genuinely. And, you know, they're creating a haunting, but. It's true that, you know, if you believe in the afterlife and spirituality, that that those people could be still living amongst them in the afterlife. Do you guys ever have any weird shit happen to you on Halloween? Do you ever raise any trouble on Halloween? Mm. Trouble as. Like when you were a kid, did you guys get up to causing trouble? What did, I lived in the suburbs. I was pretty sheltered. Sure. Uh, I was in. You never egged anything or threw toilet oh, paper. Oh yeah, or? come on. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. All the time. Was that what yeah. it was called? Like TP in people's houses? Oh yeah, TP'd. Stealing buses. I, I could tell you a story, and it, it's a pretty good one. All right, let's hear it. Well, you know, we're kind of in the storytelling business. I had I had this guy in the neighborhood whose name was Pork, and Pork Pork. <laughs> anytime Pork, that's you a got good start any, to begin with. Anytime Meat you got or Pork, you got near Pork, and then we also had the guy in the neighborhood whose name was Deanie, and Deanie was the the choir boy. I mean, this kid wouldn't say, you know what, if he had a mouthful. And lo and behold, Deanie and I and another character were going to go and do something for his mom. I guess we were supposed to go out and get rid of these vegetables because mom had a bunch of garden vegetables. Well, lo and behold, we drive down the block, and here comes pork. And pork is in the car, and within, within three city blocks, pork was throwing firecrackers out the window of the car right in front of a uh, police officer. So Deanie... Uh, who's the choir boy who had never said poop in his life is driving the car and pork is winging firecrackers out the window with the warrant police uh, following us. 
<laughs> and uh, Dean is getting a little nervous. How um, old were you guys? Nah, I was 13. Oh, yeah. And Deanie was probably just maybe 16. And Oh, yeah. Pork was, I would say, probably 16 as well. Anyway, so uh, here comes more police behind, and the lights come on on the car, and Deanie gets a little nervous. So Deanie flings the car up onto the boulevard, into the grass, down onto the street, and, oh, boy, the Morehead police think they have something now. Oh, yeah. So uh, here we go. Uh, and uh, they come up to the car as they approach the vehicle and uh, get Deanie out of the car. And uh, and they asked, the officer asked Deanie if he'd been drinking tonight, and Deanie says, well, yes, I have. And, and the officer is immediately kind of disturbed by the fact that Deanie's been drinking. And is he asked, 16? Deanie's 16. And yeah. Deanie, uh, they asked the officer, asked Deanie what he'd been having. And he says, I'd had, I'd had a glass of milk and a half a Pepsi with my mom. <laughs> and in the back of the vehicle was his mother's entire garden full of vegetables, like tomatoes, uh, lots of rotten things. And that's what we were supposed to go. We were supposed to go dump them in a ditch. Oh. Out in the country. And anyway, the morning police go, uh, they're looking around the vehicle, and he says, uh, there's uh, various fruits and vegetables. And then, of course, you know, we have pork in the car, and pork says, well, what are you going to do with those various fruits and vegetables? And pork says, we're just going to throw them. He says, Deanie's so, mom says, we're supposed to throw them. <laughs> so, well. She's self-incriminated. She's, she's, so, pork is, you know, he's. He is something. And anyway, well, Pork, uh, and then the cops are again very quite disturbed by the fact that, of course, we had Deanie who was drinking milk and uh, Pepsi, and we had Pork who had firecrackers and was going to throw all various fruits and vegetables. And the officer took Deanie aside, and he says, what are you planning on doing with those vegetables? No, really, my mom says we're supposed to throw them. And the officer says, no, I do not recommend you throw these vegetables. <laughs> well, my mom says we're supposed to. And Deanie They were just following directions. And Deanie says, uh, oh, you don't mean like throw them at stuff, do you? We're going to throw them in the garbage. Oh. Oh, so, well, anyway. Where the hell did the firecrackers come into all that? You guys just thought it would be a good idea? Well, that was pork. I mean, pork. anywhere pork went, there was firecrackers of some sort. Bit of a pyro, pyromania. Yeah. So, anyway... There's, uh, you know, uh, three 16-year-olds and a 13-year-old in a car with full of various fruits and vegetables on Halloween night. On a mission to get... On a mission. Who gives their 16-year-old kids rotten vegetables to go dispose of? Like, Somebody that has no clue. Here, honey, I've got four dozen eggs on I mean, this Halloween, on this ha All Hallows' Eve. Please take these to a somewhere and get rid of them for me. Oh, she I, knew what was going on. And, and you know, for another episode, we can give you another Deanie incident. This was even better. Deanie sounds like a troublemaker. Deanie was just naive. Yeah. You know what's kind of funny? And, and I'm stepping out of this just for a second. Does this kind of stuff go on nowadays? I don't think it does. That's what I, I was trying to prove. I don't think it does either. Because I, 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 I think kids do video games and they sit in their basements and they don't yeah. do crap. But the Stuff that we did as kids was, I mean, malicious to a certain extent, but on a very innocent level, just Correct. like kind of raising a little bit of hell. But 
but like a bunch I, of us. I don't think that occurs anymore. I think yeah. uh, it goes from <laughs> too much absolutely doing possible. nothing no, just to laziness, absolutely totally tragic, right. which is shooting somebody. Right. If kids act out now, it's and like there's all, nothing in between. Keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's you got to get your so, jollies off. That's yeah. the thing. You know, getting your jollies off like with a mid-level teenager crime. I think it just kind of get, it builds character so that people kind of know how to deal with things, you know? I, I, I remember I, I was a junior in high school, and I, one girl I used to hang around with, she had a really nice car. I can't even remember what it was. And, and they were just building the outer belt in the town, that uh, in the city that I lived in. And that outer belt, sections of it turned into drag strips because – Cops wouldn't patrol it, and they'd, you'd go and go around a couple barriers, and hell, you, you had brand new, fresh, absolutely great, smooth as pavement. glass pavement, and people just go down there as fast as the damn car would go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, gosh, uh, great times, great times. The good going, old days, going yeah. 100, yeah. 125, 130 miles. We an met hour on a road highway. called Poor Farm Road, where we would all get, we would all meet at the Poor Farm, right? Poor Farm was the shitty old bar North Minot, South Minot, excuse me. And we would all go out on a road called Poor Farm Road and everyone would race. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. We stole a school bus. Um, we used to break into this farm that had alpacas because they were wild. There's like 30 of them. And then once they knew you were there, they wouldn't hurt you, but they would they would pursue you. So that was a thing, right? They, they do bite. They Yeah, they're nasty. There was they, an old. Do they spit? Uh, not, I think the alpacas do. I don't know if, it, I think it's the ostriches that spit, right? Or do the alpacas mm. spit? I thought one of those things Cam- spit. Camels spit. They had a conics, right, out in the middle of this, it was probably five acres. And half of it was parceled off into this fenced area where they had horses and alpacas and things. And they had an old shipping conics in the middle. And it used to be a challenge to get out to the conics and back before the <laughs> alpacas could essentially kill you. We used to do stupid shit like my friends would duct tape me up and throw me in the trunk and then we would pull up to like Kmart because Kmarts were big then and they'd pop the trunk open in my friend's 1984 um, whatever what it, Chevy Citation or something and the, the, the trunk would pop open and you would pretend like you would flop out like you were being kidnapped. We'd do shit like that. Well, that, that's fun stuff. People always ended up in the trunk on Halloween. Yeah. Because you didn't have enough seats when you're 16, and only one guy had their license. So, yeah. We went through a drunk stop as minors drunk with people in our trunk and got through it one time. It was wild. Minot's a different place. You know, I remember as youth where it it wasn't so much about getting drunk or doing, you know. It was a lot getting, about getting drunk getting for drunk us. Getting drunk or getting high. No, that was big. It, it was just doing crazy All of those things. things. I mean. We were I, fucking I, bad kids, you know. Uh, crazy. Halloween man. was like the Christmas of of drugs and alcohol. Really. Hmm. That was when I was 16. That was like kind of the thing. That yeah. Was, I, I had a friend that had a 69 Camaro that was built like nobody's business and used to run that thing as hard as he could and he could power shift that to jump out of the seat. I can remember, still remember him slamming the clutch and just flying out of the seat. It was a 427. I don't think so. I don't know what was in it. Yeah. Yeah. 397 was the Chevy. Yeah. 327. 327. The short black thing that was built up and 
And, uh, I mean, it had all the deal. His dad was quite a mechanic. And, and just running up and down, driving like bats out of hell and doing just crazy shit. My like parents allowed me edge. to have a crotch rocket when I was 17 years well, old. That's crazy. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Athena had a 1969 427 Corvette, oh, which oh. is the hottest Corvette. And it was a manual transmission. That yeah. car would wheelie. Yeah. So just, oh. just so you don't mess with Athena. Okay, I won't. <laughs> we're clear here <laughs> well halloween yes yeah, um, looks a little we, bit we got on the side, side oh that's that's there. what all this is well, about halloween is halloween we'd like to take a moment to thank all of everyone listening um if you have a chance subscribe um whether wherever you're listening apple podcasts uh spotify amazon um breaker uh i know there's like eight more so uh give us just Say hi. Say where you're from, where you listen from, so we can kind of just see where, you know, a lot of times it brings people from the North Shore. You know, it's a touristy town. People come from all over. Um, if you're from Wisconsin, just stop listening right now. We don't want we don't want any of your business. The Sconies. The Sconies aren't welcome. You are aliens. You are. So stay over on your side. Cheese hats. Yeah. Uh, you can bring that. Uh, you can bring that cow beer. Spotted cow beer. Spotted that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, well, you know, we'll yeah. take that if, if you bring the cow. It will. Right. But bring us guys down there in right. uh, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just a different group of people. You well, know? you show your green card when you get across the border there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cross the redheaded that, stepchild of the Midwest. Cross that bridge, and we'll see what happens. I got a son in Madison, so I can't be like that. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. This has been the third episode, the Halloween episode, of the Area 61 podcast, where we discover the unknown. Thank you, everybody. I hope you have a great holiday, Halloween holiday. Uh, pass out candy. Uh, hopefully nobody eggs or TPs your house. Um, and hopefully all the lazy kids just stay home on their Xboxes and don't do anything to your property this and, Halloween. And, and hopefully the aliens leave you alone. I have a feeling something's going to happen on Halloween this year. So, and Just remember, man, this ain't nom. It's bowling. <laughs> we got rules. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. This has been the Area 61 podcast. Uh, keep her between the lines. Good night.